Sometimes change can feel scary, but it can also be exhilarating. A time to stretch our boundaries, embrace opportunity, and start something new. Welcome to the Baby Brunch Parenting Series, made just for you by BrightRock, the provider of the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. This is a Baby Brunch Podcast. I get to meet a lot of people, a whole lot of people, and some are good people and some are not so good people. And then I get to meet people who don't even realize the change they make in people's lives. And Liz, I really think that you're one of those people. I don't think you understand the impact that you have had and also that you will have in every mother and child's life from when you started your business to when you will retire one day when you're 109. Thank you, Lana. <laughs> Honestly, that really makes my day. Because, you know, to me, it's, that's, what, what I, uh, that's what brings me joy, is that thing of being able to empower parents and to, to create connections between parents and their children. It, it really does make such a difference in people's lives, and I, it really makes me happy to hear that. Clamber Club is the creation of Liz Senior. Uh, she's a well-known occupational therapist. I'm reading your, your biography. Uh, she's based in Johannesburg. Liz is passionate about movement, health, fitness, learning. And, and also you're passionate about what you've just mentioned, connecting, connecting mom with baby, connecting dad with baby. I'll, I'll tell you how I know you because okay. I don't even think you know this, right? So I just had my oldest baby and... I remember I went to a particular mommy group because I thought it was necessary. She was two months at the time and I wanted to learn how to play with my baby. Mm. And it was nice reading the books, but I, I found that most of them were American-based books. Yeah. And I, I wanted something local and I wanted to meet other moms. And myself and, and someone who's now my friend, one of my girlfriends, we went to this mommy group and I felt really lonely because there were only the two of us. And I thought to myself, it can't be that amazing or great if there's only two of us. We need to find another place. Mm. And it was actually Lee, uh, one of the moms that I'm still friends with, who, who connected me to Camber Club. And I remember the first day that I walked in there, I thought, oh, how intimidating. All these moms and they all know what's going on and they all know what to do. And they all know how to breastfeed and they all know how to do everything and they seem like they've got it so together. When do I turn the baby seat around? I don't know. When do I stop breastfeeding? I don't know. How do I play with my baby? Is, is she sitting? Is she going to walk by the time? Is she going to graduate this class? You know, oh. they have to walk by the time they leave. It was, it was so overwhelming thinking that I'm going to need to speak to these women and make friends because I don't need oh. to make friends anymore because <laughs> I work in media <laughs> and I, and I had, I meet a lot of people and sometimes it's really exhausting, you know. Mm. Only later when I asked people, who, who created this unique environment for moms and dads to connect, I learned, I learned about who you are. And I only know you in the business capacity, but when I got a taste of who you are as a mom, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about a woman who was just like me and my entire class mm. And who's now established herself with a business as a businesswoman. Because you don't wake up being a businesswoman. You wake up being a mom or someone's wife. Yeah. So I know I almost told your entire story by now. <laughs> but uh, I want to I wanna go back okay. to how, how old are you, Liz? 
I am 56. Okay, you're beautiful. Mm. You don't Thank look you. 56 now. She's wearing a beautiful blouse with flowers and color and... And I, I love bright colors. You do. I know you do. The last time I saw you, you had a green dress on. <laughs> yeah. A clamber club dress. My favorite color. I know. Yeah. Green. Tell me about growing up. Where, where are you from? Okay, so I was born, I, I'm from Irene, which is just between Pretoria and Joburg. And in those days, it used to be a tiny little village, which was absolutely beautiful. We used to live right near Irene Farm. And I think that had a big impact on my childhood, that sense of freedom, riding on a bicycle to go and collect the milk. Um, it really did have a big impact on me. And I remember my parents taking me once to a, um, a little place called Debbie's Wonderland. And I've looked it up. I, I don't know where it is anymore. Wow. But I was probably about six years old. And it's one of my earliest memories of that area in Irene. And it was this place where a father had built for his daughter all these incredible concrete structures of nursery rhyme characters. So you could go into Mother Hubbard's little house or you could go into the woman that had uh, that had all these children that lived in a shoe and you could sit on Humpty Dumpty's wall and I think that was the very first time where it was this is what I want when I grow up I want a children a garden like this for children mm -hmm. the children can come and play in and feel so free and excited and and with this magical this magical sense of the world that that place had and I think that was sort of my opening point of where we're living in Irene that was this is what I want to do when I get big. I want to have a garden like this for children. <laughs> when later in life did you, I mean, did you study after school? Yes, I did. So actually I started studying teaching first and then I um, sort of after a few months decided that wasn't going to be the right thing for me. And um, I applied to study for occupational therapy, but I couldn't get in anywhere. And um, Why not? I, I don't know if it was my marks weren't really that fantastic, but um, I just wasn't able to get into any university and my parents couldn't afford to pay for me to go, so I had to get a bursary. Mm. And um, I got a phone call when I was working at a, a flower mill, believe it or not, just sort of as a part-time job because my parents had said to me, if I'm not going to study, I have to work and pay rent. And that was wow. a big lesson for me because mm -hmm. I realized that is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, it was actually a very healthy lesson. And I, when I applied, they'd said, no, I hadn't got in, I hadn't got in. And a week before Varsity started at Tucky's in Pretoria, they phoned and said, someone had dropped out. Do I want to take the place? Yes. And that was it. I took the place. Um, and it actually, that was the thing that I was supposed to be. That was the profession I feel that I was born to be doing as occupational therapy. And I absolutely loved every single part of that study course, a four-year degree. Um, my biggest struggle probably was that I couldn't speak Afrikaans mm -hmm. yet. So I went in and um, in those days as well, all the classes were in Afrikaans. Mm -hmm. So I would spend many days crying because things like spira, clira, and nira all sound wow. the same. Yeah. Kidneys, muscles, and glands. And then I'd try and translate them into dictionary, but then my spelling was wrong, so I wouldn't know what it was. But literally within about six months, I actually, um, I was completely fluent. And I was really able to start doing, I, I, could, I, I wouldn't even notice the difference between English and Afrikaans. So, um, yeah, uh, to me it was, it was such a gift. I learned to study in Afrikaans. I learned to speak in Afrikaans. Mm -hmm. I learned the wonderful Afrikaans humor. Mm -hmm that I, I find is so expressive. 
But um, having that degree has been such a blessing for me. It's just really created my path. And, and it's a very wide-ranging degree. But, of course, I decided to specialize in children. Yeah. Why did you decide to to specialize in children? And, and I, I asked this because that's what you do every day of your life now. Yeah. That ability to bring joyfulness and connection between a parent and a child and to empower both parent and child – it's so incredibly rewarding. It melts my heart, actually, when I go and visit a franchise and I just watch the parents having fun with their child. There's that innocence. I love that. that. Okay, let's quickly pause on that. <laughs> You're going to make me cry, but just say, because children are so rewarding. Yeah. They really are. And it's that, you know, it's not only the rewarding of children's reactions to the, the sense of magic that they see in the world and the goodness that they bring to the world, but mm -hmm. it's also... Um, I think working with children helps to also empower parents. Mm. And, you know, starting with even with our Clamber Clubbers classes as, as young as two months old, you know, apart from all the learning and the benefits and everything that happen in a class or in the work that we do, it's the connection and that warmth that you get in your heart when you see the, the happiness that can come out of just having fun together. Yeah. Parenting is, is it's almost your job. It's what you do for a living. Do you, do you think you're a good mom? Um, in some things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not in everything. Um, I can be, I think I can be quite bossy, but my daughter's just as bossy as me, so that sort of cancels that one out. Um, but on the whole, yes, I think that I've been a good mom, and, I, and I've loved motherhood. I've really loved motherhood. It's, it's the most, it's such a, a personal journey of growth and, and personal growth and a, a sense of humility that you get bringing a child into this world. And that is, to me, incredibly rewarding. So I, I've loved being a mom. Everything about being a mom, I've loved. All the school runs and the extramurals and homework, maybe not as much when they get into the older grades, but Everything else. And, you know, now my kids are 24 and 25, and my adopted son is now, well, he's, uh, yes, he came into my life when he was 13, and he's now 38. So um, they're all grown up now, but they're still my children, and, you know, you're still always mothering them. You're still saying, when you see them, you're going to get cold if you don't put that jersey on when you go out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Mom, yes, we know that. Backtrack 38 years ago. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to speak to you today is because often we speak to <clears throat> moms and moms-to-be, and we all fairly new in the parenting game. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a stepmom, and my children are 14, 12, uh, Annabelle is 2, and Esther is 4. So I've still got a long journey to go, and so do mm -hmm. a lot of people that's listening to our conversations and our podcasts. Yeah. And often we look at people who have done it or who have got their stuff together and we go, oh my goodness, how am I going to do that? How am I going to achieve that? So I want to go back to when you just had your, did you, did you get married late in life? Um, yeah, I got married when I was 30. Why? Mm, well, because I only met the man of my dreams at that stage. No! <laughs> I met him when I was 29. And three months later, we were engaged, and I just knew he was the man for me. He came with a son. He came with a son who at that stage was, he was nearly 13, so he was 12. So, I mean, I, yeah. I know a few stepmoms, and 
The only reason I can say that word now is because I said to my eldest daughter, who's now 14, I remember she was six at the time, and I said to her, can we call my, me something else? Like, is there another name? Can't yeah. you call me Lali or Nana or Lana? Or, And she said to me, stepmom is not a bad word. Yeah. I can call you stepmom. So even in their birthday cards, I would write them a message and go, love, stepmom. Oh, sweet. Because <laughs> it's the name that I have, you know? Yeah. 13 is a tough age to start parenting mm. someone. It is a tough age. And he taught me a lot. We grew a lot together. And he's just ended up being the most incredible person in our family's life. He brings so much joy to all of us. He's now 38. He lives in London. And the three siblings, even though there's such a big age gap, are incredibly supportive mm. of each other. And so he brought a lot of gifts to me. He taught me a lot about motherhood, you know, and... Um, yeah, for that, I ex- will be eternally grateful to him. He's a very, very special person. There's a yeah. mom listening that is mothering an adopted child, a stepchild, mm-hmm. a child that maybe has a mommy, and now they are the new mom. What's your one bit of advice? And I know that I've sprung this on you quickly because I yeah. never said that this would be one of our questions for today. Mm. But he's 38 now, and surely there's a lot of things that you've learned yeah. What's I, the one thing that you can tell us? I think there's a lot of things I did wrong, a lot. Um, so probably the lesson is to to really make sure that you can have fun together mm. and accept accept that you're not going to have the same when you go into that teenager's life at that age. You know, when your children are little, you build the values you want, mm. you build the patterns of behavior you want, you build the opinions in a way to a certain extent. Of course, when they grow up, they have their own. But by then, that's already a little human being that's got the, his own opinions and his, his own ideas about life and um, to respect those and to really try and find what it is in that child that brings them joy and happiness and, and what is meaningful to them. I think it's so important. And and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And thank goodness he was so forgiving of me. You've studied to be an occupational therapist. You have done your years. You're learning Afrikaans. It was hard, easy. You're paying for your degree. And then you have your babies. Mm. But you know everything about babies because you've studied the course. Well, you know, that's the amazing thing is I promise you nothing can prepare you for motherhood, whether you are the most qualified person in I mean, I was an occupational therapist, or I am an OT, but that does not prepare you to being a ma- for being a mother. <laughs> what does prepare us? <laughs> I think just and nothing, actually. I don't think anything can prepare you mm. to be a mother. It's almost because every experience for every mother is different. Mm. And I think it's the that sense of really just accepting this is I've got to follow my gut feel this is how I feel is the right way to be with my child and and reaching out to those mother and baby groups and like you were saying you went in there not knowing anything you know even as an OT you don't know when your child is crying what what are they crying for mm-hmm. if they can't talk yet and you don't know those things even you know, when they no can't talk like mine <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, you know, I think those areas where you go in, like you, you were, it was such a wise thing to do is you, you go into a, a group where you've got like-minded or mums that have got babies at the same age and you start realizing, okay, I'm fine. Mm. These things I can trust. I can trust myself. I can trust my child. It, you know, I can manage. 
And yes, I don't think I, I don't think anyone, no matter what anyone says, I don't think you can ever be prepared. It's a very humbling experience becoming a mother, because everything you think you know and everything you think you're going to do, you don't actually end up doing because either you can't or you're like, okay, I'm giving in on that one. And it it is a wonderful journey. It's very humbling and very rewarding at the same time. I've been asked before if. I would still have babies knowing what I know now. And I go, hell yes. Oh, absolutely. So I'm asking the question to you as well. Mm-hmm. If it's hard at times, I'm going to say it. Why bother? Because, you know, the rewards are just so much bigger than the hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. And I'm sure you know as a mum as well. Just those little things of your child coming and giving you a hug or... Um, the amazing thing is my daughter went to Bangladesh for two months. She's a speech therapist and she um, has recently just got back from there and she sent us this card, a written, handwritten postcard to say, um, mom and dad just want to say a massive thank you for everything that you've done Mm. because being in Bangladesh gave me an idea of how hard life can be. Mm. And you know, that just brought me so much happiness. It's Mm. such a simple thing, but it's, those little things that are so meaningful having children, they, they bring you so many gifts and so many rewards. Um, it's a wonderful journey. So, you know, you have those difficult times, mm. but I think when you let those go and you actually think, let me just, let me just sit and have fun with my child. Let yeah. me just reconnect. Let me just actually, the two of us, lie together and s- stroke our hair and all those sort of mundane things that we mm-hmm. often just take for granted and get back into the moment of being with these special human beings that really have been given to us as a gift. It's extremely rewarding. I don't know if you agree with me on that. but I, I yeah. am nodding my head and becoming, you know what happened to me last week? So my daughter had a birthday party and this was her third birthday party. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And my husband said, why do we need to have three? And I said to him, because... Her birthday is my birthday. Oh, you know, I gave birth. <laughs> I mean, why well, I need three birthday parties? And they weren't big and lavish. Yeah. Okay, the third one was. They were gold balloons and <laughs> unicorns. But but the one at home was simple, and we had yeah. two cupcakes, and she had a candle, oh, and we sweet. sang. And after her unicorn birthday party, she was lying on my bed, and I fell asleep next to her. And I woke up, and she woke up, and I looked at her. And, you know, the eyes are still squint because she's yeah, you know, four-year-old waking up. And I looked at her and I said to her, I love you so much. And she says to me, but I love you so much. Oh, sweet. And I said to her, you are great. And my four-year-old daughter says to me, she says to me, you make me great. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I, <laughs> I thought, okay, I don't need a raise from work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need money. I don't need cash. I only need this little person mm. telling me this for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's all I need. And you are great. You know, that's the amazing thing is children are so forgiving. I know. They, they just, really do teach one about. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take my clothes off. <laughs> but they teach you about unconditional love. Yeah. And, and it is the simple things like that, that that do make motherhood so rewarding. And I think sometimes we get so run run over by our busyness in our lives that we forget to smell the roses. And I I love how you talk about that mindfulness thing of being mindfulness with your children is sometimes just when you get home from work or you've had this hectic day and your kids are, ah, I want this. (laughs) Just letting it all go and looking at that little being or bigger being and saying, wow, 
This is an incredible person with so much wisdom and so much to give. And let me really connect with them, you know, before getting onto all the busyness and and the hecticness in life. Because that's what makes life worthwhile, I think. And and I really do th- hope that in the programs and the, the, the classes that we run, that, that we bring that sense for parents. That they, you know, we, we also, a lot of our um, baby and toddler programs run Saturday classes, so moms and dads come mm-hmm. to the classes. And, you know, for dads even also, so not just moms to have that connection, but for dads to have that fun with their children, it's so critical, uh, not only for a healthy childhood, but also for parents relationships with their children i want to talk about your clamber club journey Mm -hmm. so in our walk the first time to this room that screams of beautiful colors and the teacher is dressed well she's not really a teacher she's in socks wearing jeans and a jock the frock t-shirt and we feel welcome and our babies are playing and we duplicate the games at home and you can see them progress and grow you Mm -hmm. know what made you start Clamber Club. For those who don't know, tell us quickly, what is Clamber Club? Okay, Clamber Club is a sensory and gross motor program, sensory motor and gross motor program that encourages children to move and learn. So it's really a movement through play and healthy movement through play. So physical fitness, energy, exercise, but the learning that happens through that is also quite a critical component. And so we have classes for babies for two to 12 month olds where mums and dads come with their baby, the toddler program, for one to three-year-olds and then we've also got sports programs so that's not really where the parent and and or is with them but we run those sports programs in schools which is a perceptual motor program for children so it's got all the learning things behind it but with exercise as the core component and of course party entertainment for children I get, uh, obstacle course parties so yeah, again it's yeah. the physical aspect of it i get a lot of messages from moms that says so, so I get two things. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest question was, um, why do you think my husband and I fight? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. You know, I, I, I have conversations with people, so I can only unpack why most of us do that mm-hmm. or why, how we can fix it if we all sit in a group. The other thing that I often get is moms who want to go back into work or start their own mm-hmm. businesses. What, what made, motivated you to, to say, okay, well, I've got my degree. This is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. This is my passion. This is how I'm going to develop a program that's also good for other people. Yeah. You know, it was such an organic growth because as an OT, I, I, I actually um, lived in England for a while and um, I took my nephew, who I was looking after at that time, to a program called um, some tumble tots or tumbling tots or something. And it just sparked something in me mm-hmm. that I thought, this is what children should be doing. This is what we need. And I came back to South Africa and I started developing equipment that I thought would benefit children. And I started doing a gross motor group work with remedial children oh, wow. and special needs children. So children that have drowned, children that have got syndromes. And oh, it was so, so rewarding doing that work. And the equipment then developed and grew. And parents from that um, started saying, can I bring that equipment to their children's birthday parties? Right. And so at that stage, I was married, I had no kids, and I started then taking this equipment to parties, and the parents loved it, and that grew to 50 parties a month and two van loads, uh, vans of equipment, and I was still running the remedial groups, and that was developing sort of almost like the sports program that we have in the classes right. at the moment. Um, and then when I had my own children, 
that was it. I was like, now, you know what your life changes when you have a baby? Mm. All you want to do is baby stuff. Yes. And buy <laughs> baby stuff online. Everything that interests baby. And yeah. And, and talk about them. And I was so fascinated by the OT side, you know, the learning that happens in young children and um, stimulation and the impact that it has on the developing brain. You know, from as young as two months, there's so much that you can be doing with baby. And so then I started with my own children developing the program and started running it in our lounge at home. And then people joined and... You know, after seven years, someone then said, um, ah, please, can I also have a franchise? And, and that was when I realized, you know, this is something that we could be doing to, number one, have a bigger impact on more children around the country. So it's not just at our little venue. We could have an impact on people all over South Africa. That was exciting for me. The children could benefit from it. But then also that... Um, we could also empower mums that were wanting to have that flexibility mm. to be with their children and raise their children in the way they wanted to with relative flexibility and still learn about child development and everything that goes around that and run their own businesses. And so that first franchise was my stepping stone into developing a structure around the business. So the procedures and the policies and the very detailed lesson plans that we've got today. And yeah, then it just grew. I think what you what you didn't put in that business plan is the amount of people you would meet and then stay friends. Oh, absolutely. Because I've never, I mean, I've met a few moms. In fact, mm. yesterday I, I, I could start to make my other mommy group because I needed something. And I said to this lady, well, share it in your mommy group. I need something. And she did. But... I never thought that being part of a mommy group, initially I said to myself, no, mm. I don't want all these people on WhatsApp and this group and yeah. whatever. But it became the one thing that separate to classes in the day and doing a play date here and there when mm. I wasn't working. and But at night, that became my support group, you mm. know. Oh, all I'm the moms in that class, we, we literally, I've told Liz this before, we all got together, exchanged numbers, we're still online. When I'm in Cape Town, I sit down with my girls and we all hang out together with our children. Most of us have had second children now that play together. Mm. Um, you know what's the remarkable That's thing? That's so special. You it know, is special. Like lifetime friendships. But, but in that same group, yeah. and I mean, this I'm just telling to you, in that same group, even though I live in Gauteng and they're in Cape Town, mm. I still get invited to all the birthday parties. Oh. Isn't it sweet? So do you fly down? No. <laughs> but they still invite me that because they realize that I'm part of the yes, group and they don't absolutely. want me they want me they don't want me to feel yeah. out. Yeah. So I'm still part of the group, you know? So those but, are the kind of relationships that you build mm. when you hang out with like minded people. Yeah. So this is my encouragement. Join a mommy group. Or join a group of women who, you know, you can always leave later on if you feel that you've got and nothing you know, in even common. Sort of, uh, even as the franchise owner or the person that runs that business, you also make those connections with those mommies. And I, I mean, this really does make me sound old, but I'll sometimes be walking in a shop and there's a mom and she says, Liz, I can't believe it. This is Jono and, you know, he's not 18. <laughs> And you go, of course I remember him. And, uh, and I actually do, I promise you. But I always remember him, but not as often the mother's, mother's name. name. yeah. But I, honestly, it's so incredible that that's, you know, you, you feel like that there's that impact that's had. It's those early years in a child's life that you really, one does have an impact on. And it, it's very rewarding knowing that, you know, one can play a small little role somehow in 
those special magical memories mm. for a child that's that's been doing something that they loved. It sort of brings me back to that thing of when I was six and I did that with my mom and dad um, at Debbie's Wonderland. Um, you know, I'm hoping that I'm bringing that same sense of having a joyful time with mom or with dad has, you know, is that connection with Clamber Club. Mm. Is, is they really connect that. It's a time, so to me, it's not even necessarily the the stimulating activities or the amazing equipment that mm. we use, etc. To me, I think the child has that sense of I've got mom or dad all to myself. myself yeah. For this hour, it's all about mom and dad mm. and me. And that to me is what those memories evoke and those, that sense that you've even got with your friends. But there's also the, the thing between you and your child that mm. you've had from that. And the social impact around that is then all part of the bigger picture, you know. How catchy is your music, Hanorda? I do <laughs> You know, as much as I love you, Liz, and Clamber Club, I've I've hidden Jog the Frog CD just once or twice <laughs> because, you know, my baby learned the Tap Tap song, the spoon one. Okay. She she learned that when she was about a year and a half. And the other day we hauled out the CD and we put it on and she she still remembered the words. It was oh, crazy. Wow. It was crazy because it taught her how to tap spoons together, yeah. you know. And we've got like, we've got a range of those CDs. But the way that that actually happened is that we started uh, when I Who's started. Who's the voice in it? Who sings Ta- it? Um, Taryn Sudding is in most of them. And okay. um, Francois Teron is the guy. That sings and Garth Victor, but they are—they've got the most beautiful voices. And you developed those songs. Well, you know what happened was initially when I started, we didn't have any music in South Africa that I, because there were certain skills I wanted to develop with each yes. song. So yes. the tap tap, tap song tap, yeah. and teaches tap spatial development. So it's you know tapping in front, above, behind, mm. next to. So those spatial skills are all part of your basic learning to write letters. So I wanted a song that would do forwards, backwards, sideways, um, body awareness. Don't songs. get me started. There's a song. <laughs> that in each of those forwards, <laughs> backwards. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and so what I did was I wrote all the words for all those songs yeah. and then I got a mus- an incredible musician, Garth Victor, and he put the music together for those songs and then we've got these wonderful singers. That, and so, and then it just developed. We've got, you know, a range of five and we've got, I think we've got three or four, we've got four CDs in Afrikaans And as DVDs well. as well. Yeah, the action song DVDs. The songs and the play. Oh, by the way, this is what I always wanted to know. The frog. Yes. Cause the kids, the frog. Yeah, because the kids laugh because he doesn't have five fingers. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids are like, quack, quack, he doesn't have, mommy, no five fingers. So uh, who, who came up with the frog? Well, um, my daughter had a little frog. So when we started these classes in my lounge, she had a frog that a friend gave us from Canada as a gift when she was born. And they loved this frog. And so <clears throat> Froggy just eventually stayed. And I wanted to make him different to any other frog. Right. And because Clamber Club is fitness and health and mm-hmm. exercise, we decided to put shoes on him and create our own. I got an illustrator to create him, James Durno. And we put shoes on Jog. And then he became someone that loves to jog. Yes. And then he became Jog the Frog. And it's so amazing because Jog the Frog rhymes, you know. So... It really suits what our brand is all about, which is that outdoor, healthy, living, fitness, exercise. And mm. and Jog the Frog is sort of a, a clumsy little character who loves to exercise, but he's always falling over his big yeah, feet. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and the children love him. They really mm. connect with that, you know, who Jog is and the things that he does. 
The funny thing is, you know, most children will say, how old is Jog? And we always say Jog is the same age as what the child is. So that they really relate to him. Mm. You know, if, we, if the child is three, we say Jog the frog is three. And I'm also three. Oh, of course. You know, Jog has the same emotions and meltdowns and ups and downs as every little toddler. While I have you here, because you're an OT, I, I mean, I have so many questions around uh, speech. When do you go and consult help? I've seen how with our older kids, um, we play with wet pasta and put curlers all over mm-hmm. them for texture. And um, how important is the whole, uh, you know, can your child say their name? Um, when do they sit you know, do we do we look as a as a new mom? Do we look at all these books and mm. feel pressurized? And I don't think one should necessarily have to feel pressurized, which we naturally do as mothers, because we mm. want the best for our children. Yeah. So we do that. And I think milestones are important because they are a guideline as to you know if your child isn't sitting by the time he's sort of ten months or eleven months, that is a concern. So mm. I think it's important. But those milestones are very varied. So they're genetically related as well. And so, you know, if you if you walked late as a child, your your child might also possibly walk late. Mm. So guidelines uh, milestones are good guidelines, but they're not set in stone that by ten months you should be calling. Mm. There's there's sort of a lot of leeway between those. And I I think it's more important that children are given opportunities to have floor time where that we don't use as many mod cons that we've got, like things like walking rings and those mm. sitting chairs that babies are put right. in before their muscles are strong enough to really be doing it themselves. It's, it's that that's more important, that we allow children to have lots of sensory and motor experiences that helps with their development. And, you know, it's all the play stuff. It's all the things that are children naturally do they love to play they don't like sitting still when they're toddlers yeah. that's normal they shouldn't be sitting still and you know we often try to prevent them from doing that and that's where all the learning happens mm. all those things as well at home like you know making your bed or matching your socks and um you know tipping upside down and spinning around the room or to some wonderful music that all develops sensory skills that are important for learning not necessarily the abcs in a book Mm. It's the sensory play that is what is important. And um, recently, our, you know, as you know, we had our um, franchise conference and the theme was Evolve. And what was fascinating about that was the future of childhood. We had one of our speakers talking about the evolution of childhood. Mm. And our children have got so much screen time happening um, that we they're losing out on the sensory play. And they were saying that children of the future don't necessarily need to know rote learning or their ABCs. They need to be learning creativity, yeah. um, imagination, physical fitness and play, um, music, the arts. All of those things are going to become much more important because the stuff of creativity. That we studied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't it amazing? It but is it amazing. is and human connection. So mm. so the ability to have emotional intelligence and um, being able to relate to other people is going to be much more important than knowledge per, as per se is what they're saying. So to me, you know, that is such a wonderful lesson mm. for us because it frees us as parents not to get so hung up on the is my child learning how to write? It's more, you know, all the other aspect. Is he having a solid, rounded upbringing much more and and are, are we teaching him how to connect and have, have empathy with others mm. yeah how do we i mean so there's moms listening to this and i'm i'm, I'm okay with it because my my baby is two and 
I think I'm in touch with her. And mm -hmm. we recently saw an OT, and um, she's doing great. She's fantastic. She's awesome. Um, Honestly, it's so worthwhile. It is. I mean, I'm an OT and my child went to OT. Yes. Do you know how that made me feel initially? I felt so inadequate. Mm. And you, you realize, well, first of all, I realized that I'm his mum, I'm not his OT. Mm. But it was so worthwhile because yeah. it was a short little window of opportunity that he needed that extra yes. help. And I'm sure for your child yeah. as well. And developmentally, when they're young, it's so much better to take them to occupational therapy before it becomes a major problem. Mm. For the mom who's listening, who is overwhelmed with, when must my baby eat? Solids, the choking, the spoon. Um, do we do self-led? I mean, there's a hundred thousand things that, mm. that, you know, comes our way and in the form of the internet. And if it doesn't look like Pinterest, we feel even more pressured <laughs> because it's not pretty, you know? Yeah. What do you? What is your advice to them? What did, What do you want to say? Because you've, you've done it. Your kids are grown up. You've... You know, the incredible thing is that they actually grow up despite us. So that's something to really, I think, you know, all those little things you've got to you trust your own gut. But all the worries that I, I think, you know, honestly, what did I worry about that rubbish for in a mm. way? And they, they're so, I shouldn't say rubbish because they're so real to you when you are a mother mm. of a four-year-old and you are concerned about certain things. But it's almost going back to the basics of, of what are the important things, the really mm. important things in my child's life. That they've got a loving home, that they've got security, that mm. they've got a strong relationship with their parents. Those are much more important than all the should my child be eating this now or not. So to me, you know, of course we're gonna we need to know those things. And and for that I would say find someone that you really trust and stick with that. The internet can be so confusing. But finding someone, whether it's your mother or your mother in law or your friend or someone in one of the mommy or toddler groups that you're going to, that you really feel that you can trust. Go with that and then go with your gut because you're going to know when your child reacts in a certain way, watch what his reaction is. Mm. If it doesn't work for him, then you know that's not going to be the route. It's the same as things like, should my baby be sleeping in my bed with me? <laughs> um, you know, you've got my to babies go with don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you see, well, lucky you because a lot of parents are, gosh, my child's turn is still sleeping with me. But, mm. you know, at the same time, if that works for you as a family, well, that's wonderful. Mm. Do it. You know, they are not going to be, I can promise you as teenagers, they are not going to be wanting to sleep <laughs> in your bed. So it, it is, you've got to go with what works with you as a family. Mm. And and trust your gut instinct. To me, uh, most mothers actually really do know what is right for their child. I love that. Mm. Most mothers actually do know. Thanks, Liz. That would feel much better. <laughs> Someone's listening to this podcast and they want to start a camera club franchise. They want to they want to also do uh, learning through play and sport and movement and fitness. Mm. How do we connect with you and find out more? Um, you can go to our website, www.clamberclub.com. We've also got um, our head office Facebook page. Um, all our franchisees actually have their own Facebook pages as well. And we've on Instagram and we've got a wonderful Clamber Club YouTube channel that parents can, and um, anyone that wants to find out about Clamber Club, you can watch how, what the sports classes look like, what a birthday party entertainment looks like, um, how a toddler class runs, etc. Yeah. Where can I buy the CD that I hid? Again. <laughs> <laughs>
because I'm going to be in trouble soon. You can Because my child can't say banana, but she can say clamber club. I should have brought you another one, so in case you forget where you've hidden it. Mama, clamber club. I'm like, no, no, not now, later, later. (laughs) Any, no, no. She, she, she says blana oh, for sweet. banana. Well, you can buy them from Baby City Stores Countrywide. So we've mm-hmm. got all our products in Baby City Stores and from your local franchisee. And you can also buy them on our website. Our DVDs and CDs are also downloadable. So for those that don't want to buy the physical DVD or CD, you can actually download them from our website as well, from our Clamber Club shop. Liz, you're a transpiration and... You work so hard, you work so, so hard for us and for other people's children to make sure that we can learn and stay fit. Tell me what your name is. I wonder what you know. Hanny. <laughs> My name is Hanny. Yes. A clamber club. Hello. <laughs> it's very, very special. And... Mm. Thanks for using your talent to create this. You know, Lana, what I want to also just say is thank you to all our incredible Clamber Club franchisees because it's not really me. It's actually I've uh, the business has grown because of the incredible people that are in that business. Mm. And so it really is our franchisees that, that make the business what it is today. And yes, I do work hard and I, I love it. It really mm. is my life and I, I believe it's my calling and it's where I, I should be and I think I will be until I'm 100. Mm-hmm. But it's the people in the company. Mm. I mean, we really do have the most amazing people, including my little head office team, um, that make Clamber Club what it is. Sure. Yeah. Follow them on Twitter at Clamber Club Mail. Also on Facebook at Clamber Club Head Office. If you want to know more, their website, clamberclub.com. Liz Senior, it's been great talking to you. You can say something if you want. Thank you so much, Alana. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has made my day that your the Clamber Club has meant so much to you and your it children. Has. It has. It, it really does make everything Just that so we you do know, they pay me no money to say that. Thank okay? you. So I say it because I believe in it. I really do. I do because yeah. I've met my, my favorite person is Sally. My Sally really. Yeah. She she really helped me with my, my eldest one. Yeah, Sally who runs the Durbanville Durban franchise. Yeah. Yes. She's really awesome and we've become great friends. We've actually become really, really good friends. She is we amazing. connect now and then, but we it feels yeah. like we've been speaking all along. It's really Well, thank you so much, Alana, and thank you for being such an incredible mother. Because <laughs> Yeah, you really are because you, the things that you say about your children, but also just you you are present with your children and that is one of the biggest gifts that you can give them. So thank you, thank you for that and teaching us about being in the present moment and as you say, mindfulness. Mindfulness. It's a yeah. big word. It just means focus. Yeah. <laughs> focus on the now. Okay. No, this has been great. Where are you off to now? I'm going back to the office. Oh. Back to Clamber Club. I'm going to, to go pick up Clamber my kids from the school. Enjoy. Thanks so much, Alana. For these and other stories, you can go to our website, babybrunch.co.za. This was great. Liz Senior, thank you. And thank you. Bye-bye. Baby Brunch is made just for you by Bright Rock. Becoming a parent changes everything, from your sleep schedule to your finances. That's why Bright Rock's Needs Match Life Insurance lets you precisely craft a solution to cover your specific needs. From protecting your income to covering your debts and your child's future. Because you pay just for the cover you need, you can get up to 40% more cover. So get the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Go to brightrock.co.za. Brightrock Life is an authorized financial services provider and registered insurer. Terms and conditions apply.